the Game of Business podcast. Proximity is power. Registration for our executive boardroom is still open. To learn more, click the link in the description of this episode. Okay, so today my guest is Danielle Olbrantz, and she and her husband joined, if I get this wrong, Danielle, get me, but they joined or they went to a Tony Robbins uh, event, and like Tony tells us all, burn the boats, and they did exactly that. They quit their jobs and started their own business, and I, and I can't wait to get into that because, Daniel, that sounds really similar to what I did when I bought a manufacturing business. It was just like, it's time to bet on me. This is pre-Tony, pre so somehow I, I burned him before I burned Tony. <laughs> Tony told me that. Um, and since then, she's gone on and become a best-selling author two times over. So I'd really love to jump into that with you, Danielle, and understand you know, how you, what, what was the decision that, and that, that got you to do that? And then also just how you did it. Cause a lot of the people that listen to this, uh, I've had people in my, my Facebook group saying, Hey, how, how do we, how do you publish a book? How do you write a book? And frankly, yeah. it's something I want to do at some point as well. So thank you for taking time out to speak with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And so let's start off by getting into this, go, go back to this moment where you decided you you're working for the man, you got a stable career, you've been in the industry for a while and then boom, now you're a business owner. Tell me what happened with that. Yeah. Well, I, so Tony Robbins was very much to credit for that. Um, I can't say I even really know who he was all that much before we went to an event. We um, so my husband and I kind of started this philosophy. He read some book. I don't even remember the name of the book, but he read a book. It was 2018 and it was about the concept of saying yes to things, you know, and letting, letting kind of the universe guide you by not blocking potential. And so we adopted this philosophy casually, but we were having fun with it. It's like, okay, let's say yes to things. And it became kind of a game. And so, you know, somebody would invite us to a, networking event we didn't really want to go but we had to say yes so I was like okay we'll go to the event met somebody at the event he invited us to you know another business event okay well we have to say yes let's go and we would just follow this path and see where it went and you know nothing like huge decisions just little little things like all right let's stop blocking blocking potential and so that led us to um, an event where they had a Tony Robbins business coach there who was selling tickets to a Tony Robbins event. I had no idea who he was, but again, we had to say yes to things. So we decided to go for it. It also felt like a nice time to take a couple of days away from the kids. We have four kids. They were a little bit younger then. And, you know, a weekend away that we can claim as a business expense. And it seemed like a good idea. So we did, we signed up for Unleash the Power Within. Um, we had to postpone a couple of times. I had some pretty massive medical issues and a couple of surgeries and, um, the timing ended up being amazingly perfect as um, the universe will give you the, the things that you need at the right time. I had just gotten done with my last surgery, uh, January of 2019, that I had to literally fly across the country for it was a big ordeal. And um, our business was struggling. We were working at a bank. We we're in the mortgage industry. We've both been in mortgages forever. I started at 18. And, and what year was this struggling? What's that? What year, what year is this? So 2019. Okay. So my surgery was January of 2019. 
Um, we were working at a bank. We'd been there about nine months. We had moved companies a few times. We couldn't find the right fit. Um, we were, you know, we love our career. We love what we do, but we couldn't find the right company to, to work with. And we kind of knew that the company we were at was not a great fit. Um, but we had moved so many times. It was like, what are we going to do? Move again? And so um, when we landed at, uh, in LA for Unleash the Power Within in March of 2019, we had come off of probably our worst month ever. We had zero closings for February and March. We had a handful of clients who had dropped out because of all of the concerns that we already knew about our company. Like it wasn't about us. These clients were coming to us saying, we love you guys, but your company doesn't have X, Y, Z. And we already knew that. And so it was perfect timing. Landed in LA, we had no clients left. I, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but right. we really, it was, it was dramatic. And then of course you walk on fire for the first night and you get all fired up. And we turned to each other and we said, why would we go to another company and you know, keep trying to repeat the cycle. We need to believe in ourselves. Let's, let's try this. Let's try it. I love that. I hear that from so many entrepreneurs and it was really similar to mine. It was just like, at some point you went, huh, I, I I've been an A player. I've been making it rain myself and somebody else has been getting the fruits of my labor. What happens if I'll use a Tony, when would now be a good time to bet on myself? Yes. I, yes. I use that all the time to get myself fired up when I, whenever I'm being lazy on something, when would now be a good time to exactly. create X? Exactly. So, yeah. And, and, you know, just that, I mean, we kind of thought, well, what's the worst that could happen? We fail. All right. Well, we're not in a great space right now anyways. So who cares? You know, at least we'll know that we tried and we were on this concept of saying yes to mm -hmm. things too. And um, I'll give my husband credit because he'd been trying to talk me into starting our own brokerage for a few years, but I had a lot of fear because I owned a brokerage back in like 2004, five, six through the crash. I had to shut it down after right. the crash and a messy divorce. And so, you know, he had wanted to do this. I had all the fear that I didn't want to go back to those times. Yeah. And my memory was of what the industry looked like back then. It's very different now. Yeah. And so how crazy was it? So you go to this event and the guy jumped that you have no idea who he is. He's on stage going, say yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was very, um, you know, it was very perfect, right? It, it, we're, we had already this concept of saying yes to things. And now it's this whole philosophy of this event with everybody screaming yes. And we, we kind of took it as a sign. It's like, all right, I have no idea it's who this absolutely crazy big man is. 100% a sign. Yeah. I don't believe yeah. in coincidences. I believe no, in I miracles. Don't either. So and, I, and I've since learned that there's even less coincidences. You know, it, it all seems to just map out exactly as it should, not necessarily as you want it to, but as it should. Um, and so at that Tony event, not only did we have the, you know, inspiration and fire and motivation to start our own company, but I was also able to work through some like deeper personal stuff that I had kind of buried um, during that, you know, my first brokerage and, and the collapse of the real estate industry in 2008 and a very messy divorce. I had been through some really challenging personal stuff where I'd made a lot of pretty um, massive mistakes that left me in some pretty bad places. And um, I had done a decent job at rebuilding my life and getting back all the you know, the stuff and getting myself back on track where like the outside world would never know that I had these 
hard, terrible moments, but I had done that by just like shutting the door on them and pretending that it didn't exist. And that was leaving me internally, you know, struggling a little bit, right? Because it was like, you're trying to hide a piece of your story. And um, so fast forward a little bit, we we kept going to Tony events, right? Hang on one second, because this is, this is really common for people. And, and so inside of the space here, Danielle, we, we, there's four core areas that we talk about. It's inside of business conversation too. It's fitness, faith, family, and then it's finance, which is the business piece, right? And I believe that um, the opposite of the truth is denial. And when we when we deny things, then all we're allowing is that anxiety to build up inside of our bodies. And that creates an, a toxic environment for our, ourselves. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you said there's no off questions off limits. So I'm going to hit no, no, you right no. between the eyes on this one. So how much do you think of you, uh, and I'm kind of paraphrasing just from what I heard, how much of your denial of what you went through and kind of keeping it in the shadow, how much do you think that played into the health issues that showed up later in your oh, life? Yes, I will. I've definitely worked through all of that at many, many Tony events, but yes, a hundred percent. I can now see so clearly. I mean, all of my um, medical issues, I was diagnosed with endometriosis, which is like a attack of your inside organs. And um, I, I very much believe that stress, anxiety, holding things in was a huge component of what brought on all of those challenges. Um, yeah. And, no, and maybe, so was all of that the impetus for writing the first book? So kind of. Um, so, you know, fast forward, we'd been to a couple of, of Tony events, Date with Destiny 2019, I believe. Uh, 2019, it was a live event. Um, they have you write down like your goals, your five and 10 year goals and, um, you know, dreams. Scott's up there saying like, write down anything crazy. It doesn't matter. You want the yacht, write down the yacht, whatever it is. And I started making my list and there was some, you know, fun stuff on there. I wanted my Tesla X and I wanted, you know, another house and all the stuff. Right. And then out of nowhere, I wrote it down and I don't even know why I wrote it down, but I wrote down, write a book. And I even stopped when I wrote it down and I went, that's weird. Like what brought that on? Like, I don't, I don't write. I mean, I, I truly, I don't write. I, it's not, not a daily practice. It's not something that has ever been a thought, but he said, write it down if it comes. So I wrote it down, I put it on the list and then I forgot about it. Completely forgot about it because it wasn't like this deep desire. It was just something that got written down and then fast forward and you know, randomly through the Tony group and the Platt organization, someone approached me. I was starting to like share little tidbits of my life on social media. I was, as I was going through the work with Tony, I was getting more comfortable with my past and realizing that my past was actually, um, you know, a big piece of my success and that it, it was something that I could appreciate and thank, but it was still, you know, hard to talk about publicly, but I was starting to share some of it. And someone noticed on social media and she came to me and she said, Hey, I've got this friend that is putting together a book project. I think you should participate. And again, I'm still following the say yes stuff. And I thought, how could I not? Right. How could I not? I not only do I need to say yes, because I'm following this philosophy and it's paying off in all areas of life. 
but also like I, I remembered that I had written down this goal a couple of years before. And so um, I knew I had to. And um, the only catch was that it was almost done. The, the chapter had to be turned in within like a week. So I had about a week to put it together. And I sat down over the weekend and I just wrote, you know, I just poured it out. And I, I was really surprised at like how deep and personal I felt comfortable putting out on, on paper. And then, you know, I sat down with my, my younger kids, especially, and just made sure that they were comfortable with me sharing, you know, my deep, deepest, darkest moments, like out in the world, you know, once it's out there, it's out there. And my daughter read my story. She's 16 now, but she was a couple of, you know, a couple of years younger. And um, she read my story and she kind of started crying and she said, no, mom, I had no idea. And I had told her about some of this stuff, but not at that, that level. And she said, you have to share this because it could help someone. And that, that to me was like, that sealed the deal. Right. It's like, you're right. You know, and so that was your first someone. moment where you felt like you could just, you, you were, whatever the way they felt it or not, you did it. You opened your, yourself up and you said, here's my heart. Yeah. do with it what you want public yeah i mean we all have stuff right and mm -hmm. my stuff was a little worse than some people's stuff but we all have stuff and what i've come to realize is that i spent most of my life trying to be perfect and that was the vision and identity that i was trying to create was that i needed everything to look and be perfect and the truth is is that life isn't perfect and life is messy and that when I really sit down and analyze that for me, it was about a year and a half of just like complete hell. And when I really analyzed that year and a half, that year and a half taught me more about myself than the other, you know, now 40, almost 41 years by far. I mean, that taught me what I was made of. That taught me how I could get out of it. That taught me my strength. That taught me, um, so much that how could I turn my back on that? I mean, truly, how could I turn my back on that? Right. And now that it's been out on, on you know, in, in publication, I've had people text me and, you know, message me and say, oh my gosh, like you have no idea how much this helped me. Like I'm in the middle of going through whatever it is. And I read your story and I realized that like, I can do it. You know, I can get through this too. I think especially in like with social media right now, everybody shares their highlights. Everybody shares the awesome moments, which are great. I do that too. Yep. But we don't talk about the, the tough times. We don't, you know, we don't share the huge struggles. Which and isn't I, that interesting. So we, we people go out on these uh, social media platforms, right? And they put forth how great their life is and how everything is so great. Yeah. And yet the things that we can learn from the most are from the people that are in or have made it out of the pit, yeah. right? But we yeah. don't share those moments. Most people don't. No, um, no. Or when they do, they're shared out of like, you know, poor me kind of stuff to get sympathy or to, you know, get um, recognition almost, right? It's their way of significance as we've learned in, in Tony World or love and connection or whatever it is. Um but nobody shares to, you know, just to show, well, not nobody, obviously plenty of people do, but um, I think that that's something that we need to normalize a little bit, you know, um, as I've opened the gates on my 
my dirt, so to speak, and aired my dirty laundry, you know, I've realized that that's brought me closer to a lot of people. It's made me more relatable. And most importantly, it's made me comfortable with my own story and my path. Like it is what it is. I can't change it. <laughs> like, isn't, it free, isn't it freeing when, when you just are, there's one version of you, you don't have to hide anything. And I find, uh, I believe that the most powerful person in any room is the person that doesn't have any secrets. And so when you're able to go out and you're able to share yourself and bear your soul, what are you going to say? Oh, I got divorced. I closed down a business, you know? Oh, I may, may have declared bankruptcy or just, you know, what, however, whatever happened, you know, great. No, no. And your life is perfect, right? Cause we know that I'm the only one that's ever fucked up in life. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And, I, and I, I made some pretty massive mistakes. I mean, I dug myself a pretty decent size hole, but now that I look back at that, I go, God, that, that just, that was the biggest lesson I've ever had in my entire life. And that will help my daughter. So I have four kids, but my daughter is the most similar to me and she's our youngest. So she's 16 now. And um, she's so much like me. I mean, it, we're, it's, it's crazy. Sometimes I look at her and I just, I see my 16 year old self, except probably a million times better, but, um, but you know, I hope that she can learn from those hard times that I went through and maybe she won't have to go through quite the same hard times. Right. You know, maybe she can like save herself some of the heartache. Um, yeah. and, and also just learn to be okay with the fact that she will make mistakes, right. you know? Like, so happen. you did this first chapter, right? And then somehow you got the bug and you went, okay, now I, I can do this on my own, right? Well, no. So I did another um, anthology with another, the um, same publishing company, actually. Okay. They came out with, you know, another, um, another book and asked me to participate in it. And same thing. How could I possibly say no? Um, and so, yeah, the second, second book is called A Line. And that one came out just last, no, this month. We're still in November. It came out on the 9th. So um, still, still kind of, I don't even have the hard copies of that one yet. So how did you get involved in that? Was it somebody that approached you or did you reach out to a publisher or how did that work? Yes, it was, um, it was through the Platt group. Somebody in the Platt group had, um, introduced me to a woman who runs a publishing company. It's called Campground Publishing. And she puts together regularly these anthology stories. And okay. for me, that was, um, kind of the best of both worlds because I wasn't ready to take on a, a full book um, at that point because we're also running a very busy business and with all of our Tony stuff we've opened multiple companies so we, we're running several companies now and keeps me very busy um, and so having the chapter was like the perfect the perfect slice of getting to fulfill you know, that desire to put your story out there, but also not necessarily having to commit to a full book and put together all the details. I am do I've signed up to do a third um, book through a different publishing company that's going to be a little bit longer. So I'm trying to work on that Just one. Just keep now. going a little, little bit bigger each time, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Got to, got to dig deeper and got to come to terms with everything. Let's, uh, so I can tell your, your psychology is solid right now, but if you will, let's go back to 
I'm going to guess somewhere between eight, nine, 10, 11, when you started to bottom out, you lost your business, you're going through a divorce, you said, yeah. and tell me how you, the version of you then, we know you're, you're not the same version. I, I, I do this thing every day. And it, when you follow my podcast, you'll see, I do a daily spark and I, mm -hmm. something triggers me. And then I look at it from different angles. I look at it. What's the story I'm, I'm creating from this trigger. What's the opposite story? And then I have to prove the opposite story is true. Then what's the me story? So I put it on myself. And then what's the chosen story? So I go through this and I come up with this uh, daily parable. And then I'll put them out on this daily spark. It's like a two to five minute wisdom yeah. from I, JP. I listened right? to several. They're great. Oh, okay. Thank you. So one of them was you can't hold the yesterday you to the standard of the version you are today paraphrasing that so i know you're not the woman from 2007 8 9 10 11 wherever that wherever yeah. the pit was but i want to i want you to go put yourself in her shoes sure we're gonna play this game you said there's no limits there's no limit. <laughs> and and tell me how the woman back then what what emotion she was feeling what tools did she have to manage herself and how long did you stay in that in that place that was I am kind of you're I guess you're kind of hiding yeah and in denial yeah well um uh, so when I do things I, I I go all out when I do them so um my crash was very fast and brief and it felt like forever but it relatively was was brief um 2006 uh mid-year I decided to leave my husband who I'd been with since I was 14 years old. It was my first love and we got married when I was 20. I had my first baby at 21, my second at 23. I was trying to do all the things perfectly, right? So I had the career, I bought the house, I had the marriage, I tried to do all those things. And in 2006, um, I, it just kind of fell apart and I realized that I had to leave that relationship. And it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. When I unraveled it, um, it was, it was like that unraveling was letting the world know that things were not perfect. And so suddenly I felt like, well, nothing, nothing looks perfect. So F it, I don't care. I'm just going to let everything be not perfect. And I kind of gave up on everything. Work was a struggle because we were in the middle of the real estate crash, 2000. We're now kind of stretching into the beginning of 2007 and the market was starting to really be affected. And so I kind of stopped, I stopped caring about work. I stopped caring about everything. Um, I had two little babies, but they were going, you know, back and forth from dad's house to my house. And so I had time on my own and I had never like gone out and like done anything thing fun you know I I was very focused on being like a young mother career doing all the stuff that you're supposed to right. do and so I just kind of let everything go I um very quickly uh came down I got a cocaine addiction I was suddenly like partying all the time it became a huge spiral of insanity that quickly overtook everything I had um, it left me, sorry, 
it left me and the door just opened. Um, it left me like bankrupt. I didn't actually file for bankruptcy because that would have taken effort. So instead I just let everything <laughs> go, right? Um, I Taxes stopped getting paid, bills stopped getting paid. My credit became just non-existent. I sold my house and spent all the money really fast, hundreds of thousands of dollars just gone. Um, I, at the tail end of it, I owed the IRS about a million dollars. I had no credit left. It was thousands owed on there. Um, and at the very tail end, my um, ex-husband said he was taking the kids away from me, which was about the final piece you know, for whatever reason, when you're in that like mess of denial, you think nobody else notices, which is so far from the truth because everybody noticed. Um, but when that happened, it, oh, it's hard to even talk about, but um, this is good. You're, you're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. No, it was hard. Um, and so uh, I took a phone call. I had come off of days of like cocaine usage and hadn't slept and it was a mess and had a phone call with him where he said he wasn't going to bring the kids over for their 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 transition right he knew I was completely uh, a mess and um he didn't feel like it was safe to bring the kids and he was probably right and um I ended up taking a hundred Benadryl and I don't know that I wanted to die but I didn't want to live and luckily, um, by whatever force of the universe, it didn't work. And I woke up in the hospital a few days later. And that was the end of that. That was the wake-up call that I really needed to, um, to, to turn my life around. You know, I realized that, like, I realized how deep I had gone and how much um, damage I had really done. And um, realized that that's not where I wanted to be. And that it's not who I was. And I think right. that was the most important thing was it was like this realization of like, oh my God, like, this is not me. This is not me. So you rode this thing all the way down, literally to the, to the bottom, to the, the bottom, yeah. to the end where you're yeah. ready to just check out. Yeah. And, um, when you're thinking about that time in your life, right. What emotions were, were you feeling back then? back then, not today about that moment, but yeah, what I mean, you uh, back hopelessness, then? right? I mean, I think that's um, at, the, at the end of it, it's, it's hopelessness. I didn't, I didn't know how to get myself out of the situation I was in. I didn't know how to like face the people in my life to admit how far things had gotten. Um, I just didn't want to face any of it. I wanted right. to run away and there was nowhere to run. Right. <laughs> I had kind of like exhausted everyone close to me there was nothing there was so there was from nothing. that point in the bottom of death valley to somewhere um ascending a mountain maybe you're on a peak right now i i always say you know when when I we're on a not. peak when we're on a when we're on a peak it's it's a pause it's just a pause yeah. it gives you the opportunity to to survey and go oh look at there's another peak over there but then to get to that other peak you have to go back down the mountain you're on. You got to, you got to go down to go back up. Right. Yeah. So you were in at death Valley 
And now you're this other person that's looking up, you're on another peak. And so yeah. you had this hopelessness feeling when you looked at the Danielle, was it 2009-ish version? 2007. Seven. Yeah. Okay. 2007, yeah. 2000 version. But now go back and look at yourself and your life. And when you think about those moments, now what emotions do you think about when you think about that period of your life? Well, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of work on, on analyzing all of it, but now I'm able to really recognize the strength of what it took for me to get out of that place. Mm -hmm. I, I think it would have been very easy. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people stay in that place. You know, they, they go, well, I've done so much damage. I, I'll never get out. And, and I, not that I didn't have moments of that, right. <laughs> I had done, I had done a lot of damage. The only career I knew was gone. I, I mean, I'm not even telling all of the story, but I had criminal charges. I, it was a mess. I, um, it was a mess. And so I, I look back and I, I feel the strength. I feel gratitude for mm -hmm. um, whatever force of the universe. That's kind of what I call my, my higher power. Um, whatever you know, force of the universe uh, decided to give me another chance because certainly um, my actions didn't uh, warrant that. And uh, yeah, I mean, God, I'm just, I'm so thankful. I'm so I'm so thankful yes. that I, you know, the, the moments of my worst moments didn't dictate the rest of my life. No, but it set the new standard for yourself. And, and, and what it, here's the, here's when you've told me that you've gone back and, and looked at that part of your life and you're, you're moving beyond it, whatnot, the, the word you use just now is gratitude. And this is how, when I speak to people that have gone through trauma, that I know they're coming, they've come out the other side because otherwise there was a period of time in there where you still were, didn't want people to know this. Right. And so you, you, yeah. felt, you felt either guilty still, yeah. or you were ashamed sure. when we live in guilt and shame. That's when we want to hide from things. And that, guilt and shame is just another uh, fuel of choice for suffering. I, I look at it. People will either look at guilt and shame and their fuel of choice is looking in the past about things for, to suffer, or they look in the future and they feel anxiety. And so that's the fuel of, of choice. But when you flip the coin on guilt and shame, the opposite side of that coin is gratitude yeah. because now there's nothing to feel guilty and shameful about. You've extracted a lesson. You are on the top of a mountain because the version of you back then was strong enough to get out of that pit, out of that valley and begin step-by-step step up the side of the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was a, a, a slow climb. I mean, really a, I managed to do it actually pretty quickly when I look back at the whole thing, but in the moment it felt, it felt impossible. You know, I mean, it felt like there was so many steps between where I was at and, you know, getting my life even remotely back on track. And when I'm able to look at it, like today, my life is so far better than I even before then, right? Even what I thought was perfect then, I look now and it's just a million times better. And I'm I'm so thankful, right? I'm thankful for my ex-husband who, you know, really made the right decision to to put a stop to things because I don't know how far things would have spiraled without somebody calling me out on it. Yeah. Um, I'm 
thankful for, you know, my parents who gave me a place to, you know, live and rebuild right after all of that. I needed a lot of help to get my life kind of back on track. Um, my now husband and I met shortly after, probably within a year of all of that. And mm -hmm. he was a big part of helping me rebuild my life. And, you know, all of those things would not have taken place if it weren't for that one horrible, horrible year. They just wouldn't have happened. So when I really look back at life and I look back at all of the amazing things I have today, they wouldn't, ha they wouldn't be here. It wouldn't be this way without those moments. And right. so I think gratitude is really the only, the only emotion that I can have today and just be so appreciative that, um, that things have turned out the way they have, because my life is so beautifully amazing. I'm like, I, so I have my two kids. I got two kids with my husband that, uh, you know, I inherited. And so I have four beautiful kids who are doing amazing things and we've built beautiful businesses. We have beautiful homes. We, you know, have beautiful goals and we get to dream and nothing feels off limits anymore. I mean, we literally sit down and we go, okay, what do we want? And all of those things that date with destiny that I wrote down in 2019, literally all of them that seemed impossible. I mean, I wrote down income figures that were like three times what we were currently making and we achieved it within less than a year. And all of the items from my date with destiny 2019 list have been checked off the list. All of them. That's great. These were 10 year goals, <laughs> 10 year goals. I mean, it's crazy. And it also just shows you the power of writing down goals, right? That's something that that's right. also shows the power, power of having a, a partnership that's aligned. Yes. Right. Yes, because you could have, you would have hit them. My, my imagination is you would have hit them within that 10 year period, but I, I I'm seeing some pictures behind you. I'm assuming that's you guys. And, yeah. um, and, and I'm like, that's the turbochargers that can take decades and turn it into years yeah. when you're fully aligned. And yeah. so that that's beautiful. Um, I, I love that, that aspect that you guys are doing this together and you're planning and dreaming together. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to sit down and like come up with some just crazy goals, crazy stuff, and then make it happen. And then you mm -hmm. look back and you go, gosh, this is, this is insane. We looked at a new property this weekend up in Donner Lake, which is where we have our second home. And to be able to like, look at these beautiful houses overlooking lakes and go, you know, yeah, we could do this. It's just such an unreal, you know, feeling from where, where I was back in 27 2007 you know and right. we're doing some cool christmas stuff we rent a movie theater for the last five years every christmas and we bring in a bunch of children from their group homes or foster care systems things like that and we let them watch a christmas movie and when they come out we have toys lined up for them to choose from and so that becomes our new like christmas tradition where we, we do, do you have your own foundation we haven't started it as a foundation yet, but we probably will. Um, All right. Well, you're talking to the right, there. you're talking to the right guy when it's time to do that. Oh, good, um, good. No, it's definitely set, on the up, I set up my second foundation this year and it's actually called, ready for this? The Secret to Living is Giving Foundation. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, we have like unofficially named our event, Believe in Hope and Inspiration. And um, that that's awesome. That, yeah. That's beautiful. 
it's, you know, it's that whole contribution piece. And yeah. you've hit that next level where it's you can contribute and give back. And that's what makes everything worthwhile. Yeah. Um, and you're, you have such a powerful story. I, and I love that you've shared it and some, some other things, but I encourage you to keep telling that story because you, it, like your 14 year old, now 16 year old daughter said, you yeah. will impact people's lives. You've already, you've inspired me listening to this because I know I've had some points in my life that I felt um, I've been at in the pit. And then I hear your story and go, Oh, I, I, <laughs> I put the brakes on before I hit the bottom and said, it's too dark and scary down there. Let's stop this shit. <laughs> well, what's crazy is there's always someone who has, you know, a, a harder story, right? Like when you go to all these Tony events, that's one of the things that hits me is I hear other people's stuff and I go, gosh, my stuff's not really that bad, right? Like everybody, there's, there's so much pain and heartache and challenges and things to overcome in this world. and if we can see those moments and those challenges as, um, you know, gifts that we're given to really show us what we're made of. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's little doubt in my mind that you would be, you would not be as nearly successful as you are now if you hadn't gone through that moment. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I mean, I truly, I truly don't. There's, there's something to be said about just showing yourself that, you know, you're, you're capable of, getting through that too. And, you know, it becomes kind of a little game and yeah, I just kind of want to see where this goes, you know? Right. I mean, why not? So, so if somebody wants, I'm going to bring it back to the book. If somebody wants to, to write, begin writing a book or let's say they've done it, how do they go about getting uh, it noticed and published and how do they get up to be a number one bestseller and all these <laughs> fun things? Well, I, I highly recommend the anthology projects. Um, obviously, that's my only experience at this point. So I don't know about how you would do it start to finish. I had investigated, um, you know, there's publishing companies that will help you start to finish, write your own book. Um, so you can go that route. For me, the anthology was a perfect fit. And so I used Campground Publishing. She's awesome. Um, she does an amazing job. I highly recommend them. They have projects going all the time. So if somebody wants to participate, it's a pretty um, inexpensive way to, you know, start the process and they handle a lot of the logistics, which okay. is huge. So they come, they have editors. And so they help you with all of the editing. They handle literally all of the logistics of getting it actually published, getting it on Amazon. And then because you're participating with multiple people, it does help with your um, Amazon rankings as far as getting best-selling uh, categories and things like that. Both of our books that I've participated in have hit number one bestseller like within the first 24 hours um, because you have so many people who are participating and helping to drive up your rating. They want to buy the book and everything. Yeah, and everybody has their own networks and things like that. And, um, you know, just one, it's been very therapeutic to put it out on paper and to go through the process of like being comfortable with telling that story. Two, I think it also helps just from an overall branding standpoint, um, you know, to like own your story and it's, it's your story, own it. Like there are a lot of people who can relate to some of the struggles that I've been through and ultimately in any kind of like marketing or sales, um, 
goal, you're trying to find the people who are like you, right? You're, Mm -hmm. you're trying to attract your people, your tribe. And so what better way than to tell your story? Right. Right. Put it all so, out there. For- so, and then I'll bring it back to, to your business. So you're still in the, um, in the mortgage space. Yeah. So we have a few companies. Um, I own a mortgage processing company. My husband owns a mortgage brokerage. I have a private money company. We've got a bridge loan company. I've got a property management company. We've got a few things going on all okay. kind of in the mortgage space. Are you all in California or multi-region? California, I have a Nevada license as well. So okay. I do a little bit of business in Nevada, but, um, that's really more forward thinking. We have our second home in Donner Lake, which is on the border of Nevada. So uh, eventually someday we'll move up there for the summers and can do some business up there at the good, same good. time. So when, if people want to get a hold of you in that area for business, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Our website is um, myhomeloanteam.com. Okay. So that's my husband and I, and that's a great way to reach us. We answer right. all those things personally and and then probably an industry specific question that's on everybody's mm-hmm. mind is when are interest rates going to come back down so we can afford another house? Well, um, one, I would say there's never a bad time to buy real estate. So if you can afford the payment at current rates, houses are on sale right now, right? Um, the, the truth is, is that sellers are negotiating more than they did a year ago and you can get credits and you can do things like buy downs of your interest rate to make the payments more affordable for a couple of years. So I don't think it's a bad time to buy. Um, in fact, we literally looked at a house yesterday. So I really, truly think it's a good time to buy. Um, two, uh, just actually this last Friday, we hired uh, Barry Habib. He's a, a industry market analyst. He uh, He's the CEO of MBS Highway and he has been an advisor to the feds over the past year. So he's absolutely amazing. So we follow him daily and follow his market analysis. So we hired him on Friday to give an update to our real estate partners and other lenders. And according to Barry, so this is not my my insight, it's his. Um, he predicts that probably by June or so of next year, we will see rates back in the fives. So yeah. for that what you will, but. That's, uh, that's what we're looking at. Well, good. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for taking your time and, yeah. and sharing with the, the audience here. And I look forward to connecting with you just in the future to see, um, I love your energy and watching you and your husband continue to rise and build these beautiful businesses. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. just know that now that we are connected through this podcast, if there ever is a time you're sliding back down the mountain. And you need a new voice, a new perspective. Either one of you can reach out to me, and uh, I, I love to help you and support you if I ever, if you ever need an outside perspective. I appreciate it so much, and I'll definitely be staying on the daily sparks because those are awesome. <laughs> oh well, thank you. Yeah. Well, you have a wonderful day, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you so much. Right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.